following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, did you need a six-month break from football? Because you got it. Yeah, I'm ready. Just I'm ready. Be done. Well, don't not even worry not about a it. It's not six-month. It's like a six-week, and then yeah. we have the draft. Yeah, but, no, I mean, you but... don't get all hardcore into that anyway. No, no. But, I yes, mean, I'm, I'm ready to, to move on to greener that's, pastures. That's re- I mean, you're a basketball guy, and I get that, but it's like... I don't know. Basketball, baseball, golf. like It's like those people that with, live in warm weather climates where you could play golf all year or maybe like for me if I could play softball all year. Would you want to do that or do you need a break? You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm trying to think if I, could, if I could transition, let's just say for the sake of argument, college football took up a couple of months, then the NFL took up the rest, and then they just alternated. Could I watch football all year? Do I like it that much? Where I wouldn't need a break. Could I think you could initially. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But then it's like, he, I, oh, we got to go to this well, again. I, the uh, the bubble the bubble uh, playoffs with the NBA, like, oh yeah, didn't work. The, the ratings were everybody thought the ratings were going to be phenomenal because we had all been without sports um, for a little bit, but it wasn't good just because like basketball in the summer, like it just doesn't fit. Right. You know, football in the summer, it's not really a a fit. Uh, it's baseball and golf season, you know, and racing for people that like that. And um, I don't know. I, yeah, I'm I'm definitely ready for a break. And, and a lot of times um, I'm ready for a break from basketball in June when the finals end. It's nice to kind of just, okay, I'm going to watch the Brewers hardcore intently now for the next three, four months, hopefully. So <laughs> Yeah, well, whether that's going to happen. I have no idea. Maybe that's – you, you got baseball on there. I know there's nothing to talk about. But no. I haven't even, no. No. Like, that's one thing that I did, I, like, I read a story yesterday, and, and you probably read more stuff uh, about everything um, than I do. I'm, you know, I'm just getting the guts for the reporting angle. I'm not diving deep. There was something that the league offered the Players Association about something called the governing roster, where the total minor league players in your organization would be 180, and the league offered the Players Association the ability for the commissioner to reduce that number to 150 after this year. And I thought, what kind of an offer is that to the players? Mm -hmm. You're saying that we're going to have 30 more of your guys in your organization unemployed going forward, and they're supposed to view that as... Well, I guess maybe if you're going to... if. if the owners have this pool of money mm-hmm. and you have to distribute it for 180 people, maybe if you distribute it to 30 less, you could you, you could get you could more. say to the minor league guys because it's not going to affect the major league. Guys. No, to the minor league guys, well, we can pay you 10 percent more if we get rid of these 30 people. But the players' union is never about less jobs. I was that's what I was just going to say. If you're advocating for the entire body of work, yeah. and you're going to say, well. We're going to have to keep more of you out it's, of the it's, game. It's why, and it's going to happen, I think they've pretty much, well, nothing's been agreed on to this point, but 
I think they're going to have the universal DH. Yes. And obviously the one of the two main reasons is we everybody wants more scoring, but the other reason is jobs. Yeah. Because it's going to create more jobs for position players and guys who an are not good in the yeah. field. It doesn't take pitchers out of your out of off your roster because right. they're there anyway. It's an extra role for somebody. Exactly. It allows an older player to stick around longer. It allows a you know a younger like a Keston Hira type who maybe is a disaster in the field but can really <laughs> hit. You know where a lot of times guys like that didn't didn't get to stick around in the league very long because there wasn't a spot for him. Right. So. All right, and that uh, is the... Uh, I did see one more baseball okay, thing yes, before please. you move on. Sure. Soto on the Nationals. Oh, my God, before, yes. Before the, this lockout happened, the Nationals offered him a 10-year... I thought it was 11. Or 11, or actually, no, it was. I think it was... 13? 13 for 350. Yeah. And he turned it down. Yeah. Now, it's about 28 mil a year, but, like, imagine turning that down. And I saw that, and I was just like, well, this is why there's no baseball right now. This is why. Because both these entities, the players and the owners, think they're getting a raw deal. But it's like, a dude just turned down $350 million. Like, that's how much, that's that's the kind of money we're talking here that these guys are fighting over. Did he give a reason? I, nothing. I didn't I didn't read any article about it. I just saw it on the ticker on, on ESPN. But... Um, I I would assume the reason was he wanted more money. <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean that's usually what it is. You can't want more years. I mean, I don't know why anybody would want to. This ain't freaking hockey. Like, why would you want to sign a baseball player for thirteen years? That's what people thought about Pujols when he signed his whatever yeah, it was a ten year deal, whatever like, thing. And, and like people forgot in the Midwest and in the Eastern portion of the country, people forgot he was still in the yeah. league. And then they only brought it up when he was finally at the end of that monster contract, and everybody went, "Oh my God, he's still playing on that." I forgot. I'm not sure I would feel comfortable giving anybody, is definitely in baseball, and I'm not sure there's more than maybe a guy or two in basketball that I would give more than a five year deal to. I just think anything longer than that, you're you're asking for trouble. It's just hard. I mean, it's really hard even for the greatest of the great to be that good for nine straight years. Overall, what do the players want more? Do they want job stability and security, or do they want monster, you know, monster money in 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 their contract years? So it's like to me, I look at that. It's like you get, you know, you said twenty eight mil a year, and you're locked up for thirteen years. I mean, what are you having to worry about from then on? I mean, really, aside from just going out and being your excellent self every day, like to me, that's the best of both worlds. Why would like, why did he turn it down? What what does he want more money? Does he want more years? Does he want fewer years? Like what? Yeah, I don't know. I don't what, know. What's the reasoning here? Because that I I, I don't know who's going to give you more than either of those parts of it. Well, I would just I've always just been of the opinion if a guy wants more money, he should sign for the least amount of years possible. Because it's a lot easier to swallow. I could. It's a lot easier to say one, hundred twenty million for three years, than it is three hundred fifty for thirteen. Right now, Grant. Now the you're going to make forty a year, but I'm you only have three years locked in. But you're going to make more money. So yeah, what do you want? As far as this lockout thing or strike goes, whatever they're calling it, I really have read nothing, because I really don't care. Just wake me up when it starts, because. 
We've been through so many of this shit now with, with the various sports, and baseball always seems to be the worst when it comes to work stoppages or threats of work stoppages. That like, I don't even care. I don't even care about the minutia and the details. Just wake me when there's games. That's all I care about. Wake me when there's games. The Brewers are actually good. They actually have a chance to do something. I don't really give a shit about anything else until the games start. Does this land at the feet of, of Manfred and really, like, Jack up his well. The players villain, hate him. Villain status because he, yeah, the he, players hate him. He does not have a sparkling image no. in however long it's been since he's taken this position. The media hated Bud Selig. I don't think the players hated Bud Selig, but the players hate Rob Manfred, and I'm sure that their representatives, you know, their player reps, and and then their union, you know, lawyers and such, they're not going to give in to somebody that they can't stand. So whatever the issue, the main core issues are, um, I think, you know, it, it, I think this is going to be a long one and drawn out. I don't think we're going to have baseball till damn near May, if, if then. That's... I mean, and the thing about it, too, with baseball is, like, you just had a 60-game season a couple years ago. I don't, did anybody really care? Like, was anybody, like, lamenting, like, oh, man, I really missed those other 102 games? No. Seems to be a little issue of being tone deaf. For sure. You know, for like what, and I'm sure the players don't care what fans think. I'm sure the owners don't care what fans think. They just think that when everything's settled, people will come back and business will be hunky-dory. Well, how many times can, like you said, how many times can you keep doing this to people before people just say, fuck it, I'm not doing this anymore. I know a lot of people that haven't gone back to baseball games or stadiums since the strike however many decades ago. Mm-hmm. They just said, "I'm these greedy bastards aren't getting my money. Yeah, there's just a lot of other things to do. You yeah. know? And it, and it just seems like we're we're now in an era of of sticking to our guns and we find a position we dig our heels in and we're saying, you know what, I'm not doing it anymore. Sure, because if you give in, social media will rip you. Well. About. There's 10 minutes of baseball talk, and that oh. will be it for that the, might be uh, it for a month. This edition <laughs> of the intentional foul, we're going to run down the Super Bowl, obviously, and then it's pretty much all hoops from there. Um, we'll do some NBA, some college hoops, and we're going to start basketball tournament time uh, here next week. So um, we'll kind of we'll kind of tell that story of Super Bowl Sunday when you and I were waiting for the yeah for the sectional or for the uh, for the bracket reveal video that the WIAA was supposed to put out at a certain time, which did not happen. Um, but, yeah, we'll start with with the Super Bowl. Did you mean to put down 52, or did you forget what number it was? I forgot. What number is it? I was just going to put down X's, L's, and I's because I couldn't remember which one just it was. Just some combination. What one is it? <laughs> it's 56. 56? Okay. I, yeah, I, I can't remember. It doesn't even matter. It's just a well, Super Bowl. Like we, t- like we talked about on the air, once you reach a certain Roman numeral that nobody ever uses, no, I can't just drop the Roman stuff. numerals. Yeah, I just can't. put the digits. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it. So, yes, 56. Rams go down and score. Uh, at the end, they hold off the Bengals. Pass rush gets to L.A. or uh, gets to Cincy, which I would think after that Super Bowl, if you're not spending a lot of your money and time and energy on improving your offensive line, um, then I don't know what your GM is doing if you're in Cincinnati because that is the glaring weakness. Well, and you've got everything else. You right. really, you really do. Your defense is fine. You've got playmakers you, and you've got the quarterback. Yeah. What else do you need? Yeah. So, yeah, I, I I don't know, but um, it was an enjoyable game. You know, I mean, it kept you interested. It wasn't a blow, and that's kind of all I wanted. 
You know, it was back and forth, came down to the last, you know, two minutes. But, like, like we've seen all season, there's just some way to just stain it. And the fact that the officials finally decided to throw three successive flags on the number of plays and gave the Rams first and goal at the one. And then a couple of non Throws thrown flags. You sent on, me on that clear cut penalties. You, you sent me that picture of Aaron Donald clearly lining up in the neutral zone. Yep, and on that fourth down play for Cincy. And there's an uh, an offensive play on that game winning drive that is like all four linemen but the center move before the ball snapped. You know, um, yeah, I I thought it was a it was an entertaining game. It was not a very wasn't a great greatly played game. It was not a spectacle. No, yeah, you know. Um, there were some botch calls. I mean, the T. The T. Higgins touchdown where he basically <laughs> ripped Ramsey's face off and and scores like a seventy five yard touchdown or whatever. I mean, that's a that's a blown call. So you can lament the bad calls at the end and 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 that go in the Rams' favor. But you know, if they don't score that touchdown there, who the hell knows? They right. they might get blown out. But um, you know, Stafford and Burrow, they were fine. You know, I thought Stafford um, at the end of the game, great, great last drive. Yep. You know, did exactly what you want a big time quarterback to do in the Super Bowl. That's why you got that's, him? That's what you got him for? Yep. So you know, you got to give him credit for that. And, and I thought, I thought all things considered, Burrow was fine. He certainly didn't play bad. He got the shit kicked out of him. <laughs> right. He, you know, he hurt his knee. He comes out. He ended up with a sprained Sprain. MCL that he he played the rest of the game on. Um, I'm a fan of a team of a, with a certain quarterback that had a boo-boo in the NFC title game <laughs> similar to that, and he rode a bike for the second half. So, you know, I mean, that to me that says a lot about about Burrow and his, and his character, but everybody's kind of been like, yeah, it's too bad the Bengals lost, but they'll be back. Well, hmm. I remember, I'm old enough to remember when Dan Marino made it in his second year and everybody thought he was going to be back all these times and he never made it. And when you look at the AFC and you have Mahomes in Kansas City, you have Allen in Buffalo, you've got Mac Jones in New England, and while I don't think Mac Jones is a great player, I think the Patriots are still the Patriots. Um, You came with Belichick and they're going to do stuff. The Browns still have a lot of talent. I have a lot of confidence that Pittsburgh will find a quarterback. Not they may me. they may trade for an All Pro one here if 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 a Rodgers or a Russell Wilson is available. Um, Not to mention Herbert. You got Herbert. You got Derek Carr. You've got whatever happens with the Broncos. So like, there's a lot of really pretty strong teams in the AFC. Things broke your way this year. You know, you got well, hot at the right time. So. It's like you and I, like you and I, have talked about. So many things need to go yes. right for you to get to the Super Bowl. So yep. just saying that, oh, he's only in his second year and he'll have plenty of time to get back. There's can't no, say that. There's no guarantee and, of that. And they had an opportunity to steal this game. They really did. You know, a couple things bounced their way. They win that game, and we're talking about the Cincinnati Bengals being Super Bowl champs, but. Unfortunately for them, it didn't happen. No. So that, you know, obviously with the Rams winning, that leads into the Stafford Hall of Fame conversation. Mm-hmm. And where where does that land? And Richard Sherman was quite boisterous this week. Apparently he has Shocking. a podcast like the rest of the world does. <laughs> and 
he was saying how adamantly how Stafford is not a Hall of Famer. He's done other than this Super Bowl. You know, like what if they don't score on that drive? You know, all, all these things that you can't use that. You know, I yeah, right. Where do you stand on that? I mean, we've we've kind of touched on this a little bit, but now that it's over, just is today is he a Hall of Famer? I don't think he is today. I mean, his body of work in Detroit. I mean, how many times did he lead him to the playoffs? His numbers have been great, and that's awesome. You got one Super Bowl title. I, I mean, I guess. Uh, does he have any regular season MVPs? I don't think he does. Nope. Um, never been. He's never been an All Pro. How many times has he? Um, three. So three playoff appearances. Okay. Four winning seasons. That's okay. And I think they have he, any division he, titles. Or do they always get in as a wild card? They might with that? have one, maybe. Okay, but that would be the most. He only played basically twelve years or eleven years with the Lions because one year he played like three games. He mm-hmm. got hurt. Um, he basically took them to the playoffs every third year. Which, if you step back and think about the Lions, that's probably an accomplishment. It's pretty good. Yeah, that's pretty good. I don't know, man. It's. It's just one of those things where you can be a good player on a bad team, but you're, you, if that's your job to elevate your team and that's the position that you're at, um, the most important position and biggest ability to do that, and then you go to a team that is as stacked as the Rams are who go all in and get you everything, does that minimize your importance on that team? Maybe. I mean, is is he the most important piece on that team, or is the defense led by Aaron Donald? I I mean, there's an argument to be made either way. I guess if if you're telling me today I have to make a decision, I guess I just don't put him in. I just I I just don't. I would probably need you know lead him to the division title or another playoff appearance next year. Prove that you can do it again. So so situation doesn't play as much of a factor for you then. Meaning, as, well. Meaning he was on the Lions. Yeah. And they're the worst franchise in the league mm-hmm. or second worst no, in the league for the say. last 30 years. They're the NFC Browns. Mm-hmm. Um, nobody's been able to do anything there. He was the quarterback of probably the three or four best teams they've had in the la- since 91 when I think they was their last playoff win. Um, you know, I, I look at Stafford a little bit like I look at Rivers. Mm-hmm. But but you're a Rivers fan. I'm a Stafford fan mm-hmm. because I think they're kind of the same guy. Okay, like they're not the best. They're never the best. Um, but isn't that what the Hall of Fame is is, no. is reserved for the best no. guys? Well, yeah, but why do we have it then? Well, the best guys ever, not necessarily the best guy in the league. Yeah, Matthew Stafford, because you you have to put it into context. Like think about Rivers. Rivers plays his entire. 18-year or whatever he played career in the AFC, right? Well, Brady was in the AFC. Mm -hmm. Manning was in the AFC. Um, How many... Roethlisberger was in the AFC. How many Super Bowls was he supposed to get to? How many Super Bowls was the San Diego Chargers with Phillip Rivers as the quarterback? How many was he supposed to get to? If he got to one, is he then a Hall of Famer? I think you know what I'm saying. But now you're using the argument. It's situational. You're using the argument against him because he's surrounded by better players. That's not strengthening his resume. Surrounded by better players, or he's 
in, in, in the conference, Rivers is surrounded by better players that are holding him and his team back. Mm-hmm. That's not a resume builder for, for, but that's, but it, but for it's, me. But it's situational is what I'm saying. You're not factoring in where they played, who they played with, and who they had to play against. It's like the same argument I always use with people that rip on Barkley for not winning a title. The dude came into the league in the prime of Magic Bird, Lakers, Celtics, and, and then Isaiah's Pistons. He's not beating them. He's not better than them. And then he has to deal with Jordan. Who the fuck? How is he going to win a title when those guys are in the league at the same time? And, you know, with Stafford, well, he never won a division title. Was he supposed to beat Farvin Rodgers? They're better than him. Yeah. Doesn't mean that he's still not a Hall of Famer. You know, those guys are better than Kurt Warner. Kurt Warner's in the Hall of Fame. I hear what you're saying, but sooner or later, you got to have some sort of result to go with your talent. You just got it. You just did yeah. once now that you escaped one so, year. So what does he have just, to do now? To me, you need more of a sample size. Give me one more year. Don't win a Super Bowl. Don't even get to a Super Bowl. Get to the playoffs. Lead that team to the playoffs again. You give me one more year. You do it twice in a row, however many years you want, however sure. many years he's going to stay there. You do it again, and I think you you establish a pattern. Put him in. Sure. Okay. That's fine. I just need more than one because right now you can categorize him if you want. I'm not saying I am. You can say that's a flash in the pan situation. You give him a load of defense. You give him the uh, you know the Super Bowl MVP and Cooper Cup. You give him a good running game. Uh, what's he supposed to do? Of course he's supposed to lead him to the playoffs and maybe the Super Bowl. It's kind of like you give that, a. That, that's what your expectation it's is. Kind of like you give a guy a better defense. You give him the best receiver in football. You give him a really good running back, and you make you win thirteen games three years in a row. Yeah, kind of the same thing. Yeah, right. He's, he's also made the Super Bowl and won the Super Bowl. If if, if we're talking about the same person, and so did Stafford. Yeah, so. once. Yeah, once. Well, after he escaped from a terrible situation. Well, he didn't have the situation that an Aaron Rodgers or right. a Tom Brady. In a in a franchise have had so we'll move on from that. Okay. So th- I just w- looked this up today. I just found this kind of interesting when I was thinking about the Stafford Hall of Fame thing. And and I'm I'm leaning more towards you that today he's probably not, but I think he's going to be when the whole thing is said and done. I'm just presenting. I some think he's going to get there absolutely. I'm, yeah, but I'm you just told me to make a arguments. decision today. Yep. There's currently 27 quarterbacks in the Hall of Fame. Okay. And Eli. Roethlisberger, Breeze, Brady, Rogers, and I think Rivers are the next six that are going to go in okay. before a Stafford would go in. Okay, that gets you to thirty-three. I think Stafford will end up being a top thirty-five quarterback when it's all said and done, and I think that gets you in the hall. I would agree with you. You know, I, I think that I, I, I would he, agree with you if he plays another three. Because he just turned 34 like a week ago. Let's say he has three more years, maybe not as good as this year, but he's, you know, 5 10% less. He's going to have 400 touchdowns. He's going to have 10 miles worth of yards or whatever. He's going to be in the top 10 in all these categories. <laughs> and if he only still has just the one Super Bowl, they never make the Super Bowl again, I think that gets him in. I, w- I think that gets him in. I would probably agree with you. Yeah. Um. Just... Hypothetically speaking, he stays in Detroit. He wallows away, and Rodgers leaves, and the Packers get bad. Um, the the Vikings take a step back, and the Bears are the Bears, and the Lions maybe they don't win the division, but they get a couple of wild card bursts, and they stay there. He never gets to a Super Bowl, but he still puts up his gaudy numbers that he put up in Detroit. 
Do you still think he's a Hall of Famer? Is he is he the Phil Rivers equivalent? I would say yes, but I think the majority of people in the rings culture that we're in would say no because he never won anything. And I think that, you know, that statement of he never won anything is so subjective, mm-hmm. you know, because there's only been 56 Super Bowl champions. I mean, we can see. And of that, there's been like 12 of them have won multiple guys. You we, know what I'm saying? We can see that the dude's got talent yeah, and he's a good sure. guy. But sooner or later, you can't. I mean, you you have to back up something with other than, well, we've seen him play. He's good. Okay. We know that. There are a lot of good players. What's he done? Yeah. Well, you know, and I, and yeah. I, I just think there needs to be more than right now what he's got. But like you. I think he's going to get there. Yeah. I think he's going to get in. I think people will look back at his Detroit years down the road differently than we do now because I think it's a little still fresh. But, like, the guy had one one offensive player, really, ever that he played with of, of note in Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson, and wide receivers in general don't make the difference. And the two or three years when he had good defenses, they made the playoffs. And when they didn't, they were bad. And he was putting up big numbers and trying to come back at the end of games because they were getting their ass right. kicked. That's right. And you know what? It's probably very difficult the NFL to always play from behind. For sure. I, I got to imagine, yep. right? No, you know? I, you're, you're probably dead on. Um, I saw Aaron Donald today with his shirt off at the... Uh, oh, wow. Holy shit. For as large a human being as that guy is and for him to have that sort of definition on his body... That, like somebody put in a tweet, was he just assembled like that? Like, that is a imposing specimen. Now, He's a freak of nature. Was he a Paul Chris recruit at Pitt? Do you know? Because <sighs> that's where he played in college. Yeah, oh, yeah, I know. I'm not sure if they, God, they I can... coincided there, but I did see a pretty funny uh, tweet today. It was like a video of Stafford on top of one of those buses, yeah. you know, boozing and smoking a stogie, and uh, <laughs> and Tom Brady tweeted, mix in a little water there, Matt, trust me. <laughs> because if you hey, remember last oh, year, yeah. Brady, Brady throwing the Lombardi yeah, oh, trophy yeah. from boat to boat. Word to the wise. <laughs> you got it. Yep. Just you mix got in it. a little, you know, mix in a little water there. That might, you oh know, calm God. me down for a little that's, bit. But. That's hilarious. Some and what did he? Uh, the biggest thing, like they were talking about during this, well, it wasn't the biggest thing. One of the sidebars they were talking about. Aaron Donald, if he if he said if he wins the Super Bowl, he could retire. And I was like, what? Yeah. Okay. And McVay's also hinted around at that. He's well, everybody's like, poaching his coaches like, too. Well, and I think he's like getting married, or he's just oh. got married, and he's expecting a kid or something. Listen. That's the kind of guy I, I the first thing I thought was well that could be like the next Madden, like win a Super Bowl really early in a famous place and then just go work TV for thirty years, right? That's you know? a, that's a career because a lot of these guys like you know aren't great and the greater ones are not super young. I mean Chris Collinsworth's not a spring chicken and <laughs> you know I mean Romo's Romo's young but I mean what Aikman's probably in late fifties and. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't know how long these guys are going to be around. Maybe that's a thought, but who knows? Yeah, I, I mean. Do, do you put Aaron Donald in the, you know, some people were calling him the greatest defensive player see, of all I time. Had a, I heard that today, and I had a problem with that. I mean, again, you're he, he's it's been, such a recency bias kind of thing, right? I mean, he's got. He's, he's great. He is great. He's great. 
he, I think he's probably going to be an all-timer, yep. and that's and that's fine. Greatest of all time, I have a problem with. I mean, I am partial, obviously, to the greatest defensive end that I've ever seen play, and that's Reggie White. Throwing people aside, established left and right tackles with one arm. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that. Nope. You, you know what I mean? So it's like that eye test immediately is a failure to me. He's not the pass rusher that LT was. Right. He's not the shut one side of the field completely off like Dion was. So football, it's so hard to say that. It's like when people said Tom Brady's the greatest football player ever. It's like, no, he's not because he only plays one. He only does one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's very important. You can say it's the most important thing, but I don't know that he's a better football player all around than Dion or Jerry Rice or Lawrence Taylor. Like, Lawrence Taylor could have run punts back. He's For a sure. DN. Yes. You know, Jerry Rice probably could have played corner. Dion played wide receiver. You know, like, yeah, it's hard to it's hard to say that. I mean, I, but I agree, man. He, he's he's, he's on the short list. No doubt. I didn't know anything about Cooper Cup who got the who, who, who got the MVP. I didn't even know where he, he, he went to college. I didn't know that he was undrafted. Anything like that, like the fact of his story, huh? his meteoric rise from where he was is phenomenal, and I love good stories like that. Like he played on the Inferno in Eastern Washington, you know that 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 red turf that they use out there. He didn't go drafted, and now he's the Super Bowl. He led the league in receptions and yards, and now he's Super Bowl MVP. Great story for me. And I think deserving the MVP because I don't think you could give it to Stafford with two interceptions. The only other um, guy was Donald. That was it. And that was the only other guy. You know what's funny? Because when I went, right when I was going to bed after the Super Bowl, and I turned it off as soon as the as soon as the clock hit zero, Stafford took a, a knee and whatever, and and the game was over. I turned it off. I didn't watch any of the celebration or any of the pageantry. I hopped into bed. You know, I was getting ready, and I didn't hear anything. So I Googled MVP Super Bowl, and it said Aaron Donald was. Mm. That's what Google told me. Wow. And then I woke up the next morning, and I was reading through the game story, and it said, Cooper Cup, MVP, and I went, well, who messed that up? Right. Before that, did they just assume? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. Which I thought either one no, could have well, been deserving. That's fine. Nobody had a crazy game. No. You know, like, Cup had, like, 90 yards and yep, a touchdown. And eight catches you know, and one, and yeah, it was like, touchdown. okay, yeah. that's, that's a good game. Yeah. But not, not compared to the shit he's been doing. No. I mean, what no. a year. Yes. I mean, it's it's. Arguably the greatest wide receiver season ever, up with I think it's like eighty nine Jerry Rice, like one of those two. I mean that's that's unbelievable what he did. And I mean, let's just be honest, he's a white receiver. I mean that's like a fucking unicorn, a little bit. I mean a white Cooper Cup and Jason Seahorn, like to put up those numbers. Yes, you know as a, as a defensive back Seahorn, but like you just don't see that very often. I mean, yeah, you got Welker and these guys that go over the middle and get murdered because their quarterback leads them into danger all the time. <laughs> we were talking about that the other night too. It was uh, Austin Collie was the guy for oh yeah for the pay, or for the Colts well, who Peyton Manning would just get name. killed. Yep. But yep. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was. It ended up being a pretty pretty solid Super Bowl, and it was um, not the greatest game, but like we said, it was it was entertaining. So Rodgers wins the MVP. Good for him. Yeah, don't really care. Mike you know, Trout of football. Yeah, even as a Packers fan, doesn't do anything for me. I mean, great. Um, it makes the organization now have a little bit more pressure to try and retain him. Otherwise, you have a very bad PR problem on the fact that you could just ditch a four time MVP. 
and just say, well, we think we're in a better position without him and we're financially strapped, so we got to get rid of him. Well, I don't think the Packers are doing any ditching. I think that this MVP puts Rodgers on a different level. It put, it separates him from some of the greats. It puts him on that Manning um, level with the MVPs. He's like the first guy since maybe Favre or somebody to win back-to-back. It had been a while. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I – if the Packers have their way, Rodgers will be back. I, I, would think I just so. don't know it's, why they would cut bait. If, just, if he leaves, it's by his own volition. It's really interesting the way that he came out and said that, you know, if they want to do a you know, rebuild, he doesn't want to be a part of it. Well, if you give him the money that he's going to want or is deserving of and how much cap space, you know, he's going to want Devontae Adams. We've seen him make demands before. If you can find a way to franchise tag Adams, which will probably piss him off, how much of your salary cap space is going to be eaten up by just those well, two guys? Well, the Packers said they're going to go all in. It's like, well, why did you have to wait till now? My my thing is, how much are you going to have left over to keep these guys? And like, okay, what's a rebuild? If you have these two guys, are you fine? And you can just plug in whoever you want. Like, what what what's the classification here that that meets those prerequisites that Rogers has now? put to you right you know what i mean like okay well you got you got these two guys who else do you got does your defense gonna suck you know because you can't afford to keep both the smiths devondre campbell who was instrumental this year you got douglas i mean you got a couple of young corners but you know your secondary is probably pretty set but i i I don't know i just part of me just thinks that like if he were to really step back and forget about the money there's just no way that all these pieces fit into the puzzle to have field a competitive team because you got to pay too many guys top dollar at their positions. It just doesn't work, you know? So at the end of the day, are you going to be better even though he's back and maybe Devante is back? Are you going to be as good or better? I don't see how that's possible. I just don't. So that's, and, and you lost two of the guys that you spent the most time with on your coaching staff other than LaFleur. Right. Getsy and you know and and, and I mean, how 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 close was that relationship? I only they know, right? You know now. I mean, it sounds like Rogers really likes Stenovich, and now if he's the offensive coordinator, that sounds like that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was talking about some of the offensive line moves that you know when they were suffering their plethora of injuries that they had during the year, and Rogers was talking to Stenovich about that. So it seems like there's a good relationship, and he you know he likes him. Whether or not he's a good offensive coordinator, I'm not really sure it matters because you still got Lafleur calling the plays. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. That's a great Eddie. He says the decision is going to be right now. I think the end of free the start of free agency is the beginning of March. So you know transition tag times at the end of february it's going to be coming up here within 3 4 weeks mm-hmm. so i think we're kind of in that going to be in that window pretty quick well i hope um, he comes back because um that will mean that i don't have to worry about the packers winning anything soon so <laughs> well he's going to be shopping for a new girlfriend as well he's still chasing that second ring ain't he oh i saw a tweet on that today i thought that was pretty good who, who, whoever came up with that. I, yeah, I saw that this afternoon. It's funny because last week there were a couple of garbage websites that I'd never heard of that said that this had already happened. But it's like you read the website and you're like, I've never heard of this. Yeah. You know, it's not TMZ. It's not E. It's not one of these garbage, you know, trash sites that, that you see. So it's like now all of a sudden a week later, it's like maybe they had something. And these other 
people didn't want to run with it. I don't know. All I know is I'm going to be after talking about it tomorrow morning because Ashley is not going to let me not talk about it, and I don't care. No one, no one with a brain cares. I mean, it's like the most predictable thing you could have possibly told me. Like, How do you not see this coming, though? Because she doesn't know anything about sports. She's a California hippie girl that works in Hollywood. She doesn't know anything about sports. She doesn't know how it works. She doesn't know that he's basically going to spend every waking hour when he's not holding your hand doing football stuff. But not only that, but it's like if you think that that's his selfish demeanor about focusing on stuff that he's got going on, have you not read or heard anything about his previous relationships or, you know, relationship with his family? Right. That's the that's the guy. That's the M.O. here. Yeah, that's the guy. What did you think was going to happen? I just laughed in the article that I read that said they parted as friends. And it's like, yeah, they always do. Yeah, really? They always do. Now him, and Danica, of- him and Danica are still tight, right? Him and Olivia Munn, even though she's already spit out somebody else's kid. That's right. Still tight, right? Somebody's going to ask her for an interview in a couple of months, and she may just you know, trash him. Who knows? I don't know. I doubt it. I don't think that's usually not what those Hollywood people do. But We've spent too much on that. I don't yeah, I don't really cares? care that he doesn't have that. So, um, But you need a football break, and that's fine. I'm already starting to look at draft stuff. You know, there's no games, obviously, but, you know, I'm looking at salary cap, like we said, the offseason. I'm, I'm kind of fully immersed in that stuff, how what moves they make, what draft picks they have, whether they're free, going to be active in free agents, all that shit. So that's that's just me because I'm a nut. What do you make of this Kyler Murray versus the Cardinals thing? It's kind of weird, right? It started right? with him follow, unfollowing them on Instagram, and then what? Like, what? Well, and then what is snowball? Then, then it leaked out that he's kind of a prima donna and a baby and a finger pointer, and there was even something that said that he told Colt McCoy that he did not want to go out and finish the playoff game because he was embarrassed. And, I mean... Look, and then Kyler Murray, then after that all comes out, he comes out whining about the Cardinals and how he can't trust them and this and that. And it's like, well, bro, you started this by deleting all the uh, social media shit. Like, this is the world that you guys live in now. This isn't our world. This isn't 40-year-old me and you world. This is the world that 20-something NFL players live in and all of the people who they care about that follow them, that's the world they live in. And so when you scrub all your team info, it either means you're, you got traded or you're mad at them. That's it. Or you could just be honest and take the offseason and not want to have to do because he does that every year, doesn't he? Doesn't he unfollow the team and all of his teammates, or is that only in a contract? Year? I don't know. I don't know because I don't care. But that's <laughs> I don't know. But that's the comparison that I'm like. Well, Giannis does that too, but he's never going anywhere. And then the season starts, and he's the best guy ever, and he kicks ass. But he causes this shitstorm every off season because immediately after the season's done, all that 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 slate is blank. Yeah, I know he did it the one time. I don't know if he's ever done it other than that, but. Somebody said that, well, he did this last year. It's like, okay, so we know that there's a pattern involved. But, again, we said this last week with somebody else that this happened to. Who's watching this? Kids. Who's seeing social media influencers? Who's going on to Kyler Murray and says, he doesn't follow the Arizona Cardinals anymore. Somebody alert somebody else. Yeah. Somebody call Florio. Somebody call Schefter. Holy shit, this is going to blow up. That's someone's job is to do that. Think about having that job. No. I have self-esteem. Sorry. Sorry. All right, that's enough football. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's oh, um, 
Aaron Donald was a freshman in 2010. Paul Christ was hired in 2011. Okay, well, he played so, for him, though, yes. right? Okay. Yep, yep. He, was, he was one of his boys. All right, um, let's go to the NBA successful West Coast road trip. Uh, for the Bucks, you were you would have settled for two and two. Would you were you surprised when they were three and zero going into Phoenix? Oh uh, yeah, a little bit, especially with margin of victory as well. Yeah, a little bit. You know they they had kind of hit a hot streak there, and things were clicking. And yeah, I mean that's just traditionally those are tough places to play. So I would have been happy with two and two. But yeah, three and one. You know they lose to they get blown out by the Suns on Thursday night, but you could tell at halftime they were gassed. They want, you know, last game of a road trip for the Bucks, first game of a homestand for Phoenix, and then you factor in Phoenix wants revenge. revenge. That's it. So, yeah, I mean, the Bucks played well in the first half. The beginning of the third quarter, you could just tell they were done, and um, that was about when I stopped watching that game because <laughs> there was no point. Um, then they come home Monday night and lose to Portland, Yeah, which was a bad loss, but Giannis didn't play. No Giannis. And then they basically have no guards right now other than Drew Holiday, and we'll get to that in a second. But, um, yeah, a disappointing loss, but it's just one of those, you know, it's just kind of a schedule loss. You just chalk up in the league and move on. And then last night um, Giannis puts up 50 in a win against the Pacers. I think that's all. They swept the season series, and they've won eight in a row against them. Well, they did the same thing with the Pistons up until the Pistons yes, beat them this year. They I had, remember that. The, the Bucks have owned the Central Division for the last three, four years. So that's why the Bulls and the Cavs this year, the Cavs have beat them a couple times. It's a little little different. So, mm-hmm. uh, But they got Philly Thursday at home. That'll be a TNT game. Harden going to play? No. Um, then they're off to the all uh, after the All Star break. I think they got about ten days off. Okay, so uh, well, and a, good. Apparently, Giannis, Thanasis, and Costas are going to the three of them be in some. They have the skills competition, and they're doing something different this year. And I guess all three of them are going to compete together. Don't know what it's going to be, um, but that was announced. Nice little family time. Okay, um, so it's funny. Giannis scores 50 last night, and then this morning on all the sports talk and ESPN and Fox Sports 1 and all this stuff, it was the the topic of conversation was people take Giannis for granted and how great he is, and why isn't he in the MVP conversation? And it's like, well, the people that actually watch him don't take him for granted. It's you dumb fucks in the media was, who would rather talk about a sub-500 Laker team, oh my fat, God. fat Zion, and dumb shit, lazy quitter James Harden. Like, that's what you guys talk about. I, that's, that's not what we talk about. My immediate reaction was, well, you guys are the people that are controlling the conversation, so why haven't you done anything? Like, I watched PTI the other day, and, like, they spent so much time on the Lakers who are just completely irrelevant right now. They are totally irrelevant. They're not winning the West. No, why do you – why? Focus on somebody who's good. It doesn't have to be the Bucs. That's fine, but just, like – It's because those those kind of places, they just play the hits. That's oh, all they do. Man. They just play the hits. It's like a radio station that's constantly just playing top 40 music over I mean, and over and over. I, you know, and I'm glad I DVR the thing because when it gets to that, it's like this doesn't – I'm not concerned with this. You want to talk to me about the trade, you know, between Philly and Brooklyn, fine. I'll listen mm-hmm. to you. But, like, stuff like this, don't waste my time. Right. You know? Totally. Totally. So, you know, 
he's in the MVP conversation with Embiid, Jokic. Um, I would say those are the top three guys. I think Embiid's going to slip now with Harden going there. I think it's going to take a little of his shine. Um, and, do you think he's we'll concerned about that, or do you think he's more concerned about Ooh. adding Embiid? Like, do you like you're worried? Well, I'm not going to get as much. I don't think players think they're going to slip. So I don't think a guy like that I'll keep mine. Productions and this slip. is just yeah. good. Yeah. Okay. Um, Giannis is probably the front runner for Defensive Player of the Year again. Um, so keep keep an eye on that. I mean, I think right now he's the best player in the league, and I've gone back and forth with that. Um, I think when Kevin Durant is 100% and clicking, I still think he's the best offensive player in the league. But I think pound for pound, both sides of the floor, it's Giannis. I mean, he had 50 points last night, and it didn't even look like he hardly broke a sweat. And he is, other than Gobert on Utah, probably the biggest deterrent defensively in the league. So... Will he win both like he did two years ago? Probably not, but he's going to be in the mix. He should be in the mix, and people that aren't talking about him in the media, they're doing everybody a disservice. And, you know, this guy's this guy's phenomenal, man. It's unbelievable. Um, I texted you around the trade deadline. Um, I kind of was putzing around Twitter, and I just saw it fresh as it was happening. You kind of always saw that DiVincenzo was going to get traded. Did you kind of... Imagine the lengths at which all the four teams were involved in the different directions a lot of these guys were going to go with Hood, Nojale, and stuff, and, and the cash involved and getting a Baca. Yeah, I mean, you know, you never really know how those ancillary pieces are going to get thrown in in the NBA because they have to make the money match up. Um, and that's why sometimes you bring in a fourth team that doesn't really – you look at it and you're like, well, they didn't really get anything. They got a little money and maybe the worst player in the deal, but – they're just kind of there to help facilitate the deal. Um, DiVincenzo goes to Sacramento. Rodney Hood and Ojale go to the Clippers. Um, Ibaka comes from the Clippers to the Bucks. The Bucks also get two second-round picks, which is big for them because they're pretty thin on draft picks after, after having traded so many of them to get uh, Drew Holiday. And then the Bucks got like $3 million in cash. Ibaka also waived his trade kicker, which was like another $3 bucks. Um, to to come to the team to help kind of with the cap situation, so what by doing that they also freed up two roster spots, which um, will end up and now three because Pat Connaughton broke his hand. Oh, so he's got he's, so he's yeah. he's on the yeah, injured four list. Four weeks, I think. Sounds yeah. like four weeks, and um, so now they've got three spots that they can fill with buyout guys or free agents. Um, they signed DeAndre Bembry today. It had been rumored the last couple days. He was just released from the Nets. They had to make room to bring in all the, the guys trade, for, yeah. for their big trade. Um, and ben- Bembry's Bembry, an old Budenholzer guy from the Hawks, yep. I, I, I read. Solid bench guy, can shoot the three, decent, athletic, good defender. Um, but, you know, they the Bucks. you know, the trade deadline was Thursday. Wednesday night, the Bucks had too many guards. And by Friday morning, they didn't have enough because DiVincenzo got traded. Connaughton broke his hand. George Hill's been out a couple weeks with a neck injury. Wes Matthews hurt his foot. That's why all of a sudden you see some of the scores here and the points the Bucks are giving up. They don't have any guards. And, uh, you know, Holiday and Grayson Allen, they can't play the whole game. And even losing Ojale and Hood, I mean, those guys, they're not great players, but, like, they're guard-forward type players. 
They can eat some minutes for you. Well, their bodies. Their bodies, exactly. So the Bucks still need another guard. They've been rumored to be um, a candidate if Dennis Schroeder gets bought out. He got traded from Boston to the Rockets. Or if Goran Dragic gets bought out, he got traded from Toronto to Houston. Those are both veteran point guards that um, would really be nice additions for the Bucks if they could get either one. Well, I, I did read that Drogic, the buyout, was going to happen, and then they asked him about two potential landing spots, about Golden State or Milwaukee. And he said, well, the weather's nicer in California. And the, one of the big reasons why he didn't want to be in Toronto was the weather. He's a Croatian dude. I guess it's nice there all the time. He had played in places like Phoenix and Houston and Miami. I, just, I mean, I don't under, I will never understand that. As somebody that lives and grew up here, thank you. I don't get that. I was just going to like you mentioned it with the Packers and how they can't draw some free agents because nobody wants to live in Green Bay because the weather sucks. But if you're playing to one make money and two win championships, Golden State is just fine. They got a good team. They they have a you know great shot. Fine, whatever. But it's like. You would automatically cut out a chance at winning a championship with the defending NBA champs and to play turn down a roster like the one that they have just because and you're not even living here full time. Well that's because the thing. you're on the road. That's the point. That's the that's the big difference. So you have for a me. home stand here that you're here maybe a couple of weeks before you leave for warmer destinations. You're going to all these cold weather places traveling anyway. to begin with. Yep. So it's like I don't get that. That's the big difference between football and basketball. In football you live in Green Bay. Right. You're there all week. Right. It's fucking cold and, and it's gonna snow. Go. Yeah, exactly. In the NBA, yeah, you might only be home two, three days a week. And also, by the way, hey, dude, spring's coming. It's not going to be zero for much longer. It was freaking 50 today. Like, you know, come on. But we'll see what happens there. The Connaughton loss, uh, it's unfortunate. It comes at a crappy time. But, you know, they did announce that they believe him and Brooke Lopez will be back before the end of the regular season. So that's a good thing. All right. Uh, a couple of other things around the league. You were talking about the Schroeder thing. Um, and then, the I mean, obviously the big trade that dominated the headlines was the Harden and the Simmons flopping with some extra pieces thrown in. Mm-hmm. Seems like uh, Brooklyn got a lot. They did. In that trade. They did. They definitely, um, I think, won the trade. Right? Just well, get... I mean, obviously it depends on Ben Simmons and what well, he is now and, you know, how much they can rely on him. But is it also addition by subtraction in some ways? Well, yeah, Harden just didn't want to be there. It was evident. And a lot of people have said that he may even be kind of faking the extent of his hamstring injury here at the end of his time in Brooklyn. Um, you know, James Harden's a ball dominator. That's what he is. Um, it's why it didn't work with him and Chris Paul. It's why it didn't work with him and Russell Westbrook because those guys are both ball dominators. And inevitably, it's why it it wasn't going to work with the Nets because um, Kevin Durant's the best player. Kevin Durant's not a ball dominator. He wants to play in a free-flowing offense. And James Harden wants to dribble 20 seconds off the shot clock. It just wasn't as good as those players are and as good of friends as they are. Stylistically, it just wasn't a good fit. And then you factor in all the bullshit with Kyrie, and it sounded like Harden was pretty fed up with that. And his unwillingness to, you know, and and listen, I'm not a James Harden fan, Harden fan, and he's quit on two teams. But like having to deal with that Kyrie stuff, 
that would piss you off, especially as a superstar player who came there to win a title, and you ain't there, and you could be here. You're choosing not to be here. So I get it. Um, you know, Harden and Embiid sounds good on paper. We'll see. Um, Simmons, Durant, and Kyrie um, sounds good on paper. They're probably going to play about six games together in the regular season <laughs> if this mass mandate keeps up. Simmons is not going to be back probably until after the break. Same with Harden. So we'll see, man. Well, uh, you know, if I'm a betting man, I still think the Bucks should be ahead of them in the pecking order okay. because of their continuity and the trust. But on paper, both these teams appear to have gotten better. So we'll see. The shocker, at least, that I read about that was the most surprising was the fact that Dallas traded Chris Dapp's Porzingis to the Wizards. A lot of people didn't see that coming, didn't really understand why, from what I just read on the surface. Yeah, it was a little surprising. Um, but if you follow the league, it had been reported that Porzingis and Doncic didn't really get along. Um you know, and again, Luka Doncic is a ball dominator. Porzingis wants to be involved, and he kind of was just told to go stand in the corner and shoot threes if Luka threw it to you. And then you factor in he's hurt all the time. I mean, he's seven foot four. It's just hard to it's just hard to not get hurt when you're that big and play basketball. Um, but yeah, for him to go to Washington, that was kind of kind of interesting. So, and then uh, the Celtics are playing very well. They're on fire, man. Won nine in a row. They beat Philly by, like, 50 last night. So, um, you know, and they didn't really make any major moves. They got rid of Schroeder. They brought in Derek White from the Spurs. But, um, you know, it's still Tatum and Brown, and they're hot right now. We'll, we'll see. But the, the whole – the top of the Eastern Conference, the top six teams, I think, are separated by, like, two games in the loss column. So it's a bunch. All right. You got anything else on the NBA? Nope. All right. Um, some college hoops. Badgers are fighting at the top of the Big Ten. Um, they've had some impressive wins. Obviously, the Michigan State win. Indiana, they came came back and won. They've beaten, I think, the Hoosiers, what did I see, five in a row or something like that in the series. It was their first trip there since 2020. I think they, they didn't go there last year. Um, the Rutgers loss over the weekend was... Not great, but I think when you step back and factor some stuff in, it's like even even LePay in, in our in our daily feature with them, he's like, don't sleep on these guys. A lot of people have, have reacted that way when I've talked to them. They're like, oh, my God, I can't believe they lost to Rutgers. Like, dude, Rutgers ain't bad. Like, no. go, they had just beat uh, Michigan State. Yep, Ohio State. Ohio State yep. before they beat the Badgers, so they're hot. And they got talent. And they're in the top half of the Big Ten right now. So it's they're like, a tournament team. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, just because it's Rutgers, you can't say that anymore because they're I having a good think, season. I didn't think the Badgers played very well. No, they turned the ball over a lot. But yeah. losing to Rutgers at it, home for the first not time that, ever. You know, it's not the end of the world. It's not the end of the world. 20-5, and five, rank 15th. Um, with last night's win, they're 11-4, they're and four, second in the Big Ten, a half game out of first. Um, they also beat Michigan State. And, uh, like you said, lost to Rutgers. Michigan at noon on Sunday at home. Boy, I haven't seen a Michigan game. I don't know what the hell's going on there. They stink this year. Do they? Yeah, they're not good. Um, Didn't they just sign Howard in the offseason? Yeah, they were really good last year. And I know they lost a lot from last year. But I just wouldn't wouldn't have expected them to fall off that much right away. But 
I'm watching the game last night, the Badger Indiana game, and it was back and forth, you know, back and forth. I can't figure out this Badger team. Like, I, I can't figure out are they really good? Are they pretty good? Are they not as good as their record? I'm having a hard time because clearly they can beat really good teams. They won at Purdue. Especially on the road. They won at Michigan State. They beat an Indiana team who is middle of the pack in the Big Ten, but you still got to go down to Assembly Hall. They played not great at Illinois, but other than that, they really haven't had a awful game like that, at least in the last several weeks. But at the same time, it's like you could, they could, I could totally see them getting knocked out in the first game of the NCAA tournament. Really? I, t- I could because they're so reliant on, on Johnny Davis that if he got in foul trouble, let's say he just had one of them games, he got two quick fouls, they put him back in, and he gets a bad call at the nine-minute mark of the first half, and he's got to sit the last nine minutes with three fouls. I'm not sure how they score. I'm not sure how they can manufacture much offense. Um, I don't know. It, it's it's. I do think this Badger team's pretty good, but then you break it down. It's like their big men are not good. Like Wall or uh, Crawl, Vote, Crawl, and, yeah. and Carlson. This mm-hmm. guy stink. It's weird because they've had games that Davis has not had the dominating performances, but they've had guys like Wall step up. Wall the other last night had four points. Right. So it's like Hepburn didn't have any. He had single digits. Mm-hmm. So it's like. And he, and he you won he, last night because Johnny Davis had 30 and Indiana can't make a three. And Davison had 21. Yeah. It's like those are your two guys. And those when, are the and, only guys in double digits. And when that happens, they can beat damn near anybody in the country, I think. But they've had those performances where Davis only has like 10, 11, 12. Or even if he has 18 but, and Davidson has 12. But that's when Hepburn and Wall play, play well. Right. So can you count on that? All happening at the same time? Probably not. It's, it's tough to. But you got to have somebody else do something. And I don't think the Badgers, like when push comes to shove, like you said, you're putting that scenario. Can you count on Wall? Can you count on a freshman like Hepburn? Right. Can you count you, you, on Davison, who we've seen have an unbelievably cold shooting streak from yep. beyond the arc? You don't have a deep bench. You bring no scoring off of right. your bench. But saying all of that, if they ended up in the Elite Eight, wouldn't be shocked in the least. So, so that's, they can where get, I'm, that's where I'm at with them. They can get bounced in the first round. They, they can go to the final. We're like Marquette. Marquette's not going to the Elite Eight. That's not happening. They don't have the they don't have the horses to do that. It's just not. They're too up and down. I know who they are. Badger team. I'm struggling with kind of figuring out who they are. Yeah. And and they've like I said, they've. Had some games this year, and Johnny Davis has had some games this year where you're like, that dude might be the best guy in the country. But yeah, like you said, he's had you know I think against Penn State he wasn't very good, and they all you know they don't play well. And there's been a couple other games like that where if he doesn't score a lot, they don't score. And people forget like he's their best facilitator as well. It's not just the points he scores; it's the offensive rebounding that he does. And it's the playmaking that he does where he drives and draws two guys. Now when he's kicking out to Wall and to Hepburn and to Davidson, those guys are wide open. Think if Davidson didn't come back. 
Yeah, where, they wouldn't be where, where they would be. Yeah, without and to have Johnny Davis have a bad game. I mean, they're twenty and five. They'd probably be more like fifteen and ten. Right. Yep. You know. Yep. Uh, Marquette's playing as we speak. They're about half an hour in. Um, I I haven't followed them real close, but I know they had. I know they lost that game at UConn, and then I was really shocked that they they lost to Butler. I didn't think Butler was very good. They had a bad week. Okay. Um, I think they were looking. I I think they looked past Butler. I think they exhaled. They had gone through that gauntlet. Yeah, they did of ranked teams where they played Seton Hall and Villanova twice and Providence and UConn and and they came out well. I think they came out like four and two, which was much better than I expected. And then you got shitty ass Butler sitting there, and I think they just kind of looked past them. Yep. And you just you know you can't do that. Um. They got Georgetown at home tonight. Georgetown is the worst team in the Big East. I expect Marquette to ha- take care of business. Then Sunday afternoon, they got to go down and play Creighton, um, a team that they lost to in overtime at home, a game they should have won. So um, they got five games left in the regular season. Badgers got six games left in the regular season before we hit conference tournament time. Um, but with these two teams, I think that you have to think that guard and Shaka Smart both potentially coach of the year are are coach of the year in their conference candidates. Okay. I don't think Shaka will get it. I think um, I think the Providence coach will get it because okay. they've been they're the top team in the league, and that's a little bit of a surprise. Um, I think guards in great position to get it, especially if the Badgers can can at least get a tie for the conference title. So um, you know, after last year, a lot of uncertainty with both. Programs for sure the, at the coaching ranks to you know a year later have these guys you know having the best maybe maybe the best coaching year in their league it's pretty impressive. Oh, I I think both can be probably pretty thankful that things have turned out the way they have considering the the expectations were not, I think the Badgers were picked to finish third from the bottom in the Big Ten mm-hmm. something like that I don't know what the market second to last they were picked oh in the God. Big East so That's, yeah. So um, you you keeping an eye on the bracketology? I know they had what did they have Wisconsin last week as a three, and now they're down to a four. Yeah, the loss to Rutgers so bumped like them down. Okay. Um, the four one seeds right now: Auburn, Gonzaga, Kentucky, and Arizona. But can, and these are as of yesterday. Kentucky lost last night to Tennessee, so that may drop them down. The two seeds are Kansas, Baylor, Purdue, and Duke. Um, Duke won by two last night. Coach K. He didn't even have the didn't second come out. half. Yeah, he didn't come out. I, I was watching some of that game, but I did, I missed what was going on. Right. Apparently, he didn't feel well. But, yeah, the Badgers they have as a four seed in the West playing South Dakota State in Milwaukee. They've which been is, stuck on that South Dakota State matchup for Well, and it just sounds funny. It's like you're in the Western bracket, but you're but playing you're in, in Milwaukee because of that right. weird pod system. They have Marquette, a seven seed, also in the West, playing Murray State. And anybody remembers that... Three, four years ago, the last time Marquette made the tournament, they ran into Murray State and a guy named John ja Morant. Oh, yeah. Who absolutely made them look like fools. That's right. Now, they don't have a John ja Morant on this team, but I'm not sure I want to see Murray State again in the first round. I just love that it's in the West and they're playing all the way over in Greenville. Yeah. Yeah. Which it's, just, it's on the East Coast. Very strange how that works, <laughs> but yeah. Very weird. But all yeah, right. we're getting close, man. couple weeks. I'm excited, like like we were talking about beforehand. I really like, um, I really like the conference tournament time because you know, I mean, Michael has run a, a conference tournament betting pool, and it's like, who's gonna win the Big Sky? I don't freaking know. You know, who's gonna win the Patriot? I don't know. 
But when you see one of those games on, you're like, ooh, I picked them. Mm-hmm. It's just like the big, you know, it's just like the NCAA tournament. Yep. You don't know. You've never seen any of these teams before. But, like, Lehigh versus Bucknell yeah. with, with a tournament on, tournament spot on the line, you know, and they end up getting a 13 seed on, on Selection Sunday, you're kind of like, ooh, I watch them. I like Bucknell. They're right. pretty good. They got that one guy who can do this, this, and this. Mm-hmm. It's always yeah. fun to watch. Nope, absolutely. All right, um, we'll wrap it with a little high school stuff. Our season has been long. We've seen better games. We've seen some good teams. We've seen some bad teams. Um, But, you know, the girls' tournament starts next week. I I would anticipate that maybe to get to sectionals. I think we got a good shot at seeing somebody in the sectionals. Um, The boys, I don't know. I think maybe, you know, I would have told you that it's either going to be Parker or Milton. But Milton just lost at Fort Atkinson last night, and I'm not sure that um, you know we can rely on Parker in the you know on a road game, depending on what seeds you get. So it's like as much as you want the season to end once tournament time gets here, you kind of enjoy calling these games, especially when you get to go to neutral sites and see different teams that you don't get a chance to see. Yeah, and like getting away and and I think when you talk to coaches, like I heard from from Storby, he likes the fact that they're going to play somebody from the Southeast Conference. Because they're tired of seeing the Big Eight teams, mm-hmm. it's like like the Big Eight tournament, and I think the Sectional Three, Craig and Parker in Sectional Four, it's all East except for Beloit, mm-hmm. and they like that. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know where you. That's how it always was when we were yeah. playing it. We always went East. Um, you know, it was usually us, the Southeast Conference, um, which is which is. The Kenosha tr- teams and the Racine teams, basically. Yep. And then, like, Burlington and Badger would be sprinkled in there. We never had any of the classic eight teams, uh, which are in the sectional now. We, you know, But there were eight sectionals in my day. Now there's only four, so they combined some of those. But, yeah, it's great, man. Like, the last couple of years of having to basically play other big eight teams in the tournament to get to state sucks. Mm-hmm. I always hated when we had to play Parker and Beloit in the tournament because it was the third time we'd played them, and I thought by then we had already established our dominance and we didn't need to do it again. <laughs> right? Um, yeah, it's just it's a lot more fun to play guys you haven't you haven't seen. Yeah, um, coaches you haven't played against, and and they haven't coached against you. Um, but yeah, man, you kind of get that second wind when we get to tournament, but it's dragging. It's it the last couple of weeks they drag. And the way the seeding is set up so they do they, they do the seeds for the tournament a week before the regular season ends, which basically if you're not in in competition for a conference title, um, or you know, maybe you've already wrapped it up at this point, these game these last two games don't mean anything, which kind of sucks. Um, I'm sure it's difficult on the coaches, and I'm sure it's um, difficult on the players that are playing for just you know stats and numbers and stuff. And it's difficult for us to kind of care about these games, frankly. Um, you know, we got the Parker girls and and uh, Middleton tomorrow La or LaFollette tomorrow. Uh, we just saw LaFollette beat Craig by twenty, and we've seen uh, Craig beat Parker by forty. So do the math, and the game doesn't matter. No. So it's nope. it's kind of like okay, well, we got to go do this game, and we got to try to find little nuggets of positivity. Yep. In you know, after three months of doing this, we're the only people, the people that listening have really already heard everything we've got to say about these guys. So 
it, it gets a little rough at the end, but I'm, I'm looking forward to it's tournament. It's just a little odd, and, and you and I talked about this before we came in here, that the Illinois High School uh, Association, they come out with their brackets. The girls' playoffs started this week. Their girls' bracket came out last Friday, mm-hmm. and then they turned around and started playing on Tuesday. So you had three days of time passing in between to get your sites ready and matchups hosted. Why can't Wisconsin do that? Like, why are we waiting an entire week and a half before the tournament starts from when when the brackets come out? I don't, and like I told you, I don't know who to talk to about that, but it seems like, like you said, it relegates this week unless you're in a top position to earn a plaque or, you know, get a scoring title or something like that. If you're an individual, it relegates this week useless. Mm-hmm. And and I, you've heard me say a million times, I think the most important thing any high school team should be striving for us to win their league. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a lot of leagues that are already wrapped up. Right. You know, and then there's a handful that aren't, you know, like the big eight being one of them. Uh, but for other than two teams, really, uh, Verona and Sun Prairie, these games don't mean anything. No. So, and then, and then like we were talking beforehand, then it gets to the point where it's like, if I'm a coach, do I rest my stars? Like, is that where we're going to get to in high school? We're like, you know, oh, um, you know, Katie's knee's been bothering her. Or she's had a sore foot. These games don't matter. We're not going to win the conference. Let's just sit her down for this week and get ready for tournament. That, I don't like that. I don't want that to have to happen. And do you want your players that are now into the groove of the season who already have to wait more time than normal because you have a decent seed. If you sit them for the last game or two, are you comfortable sitting them down for eight or nine oh. days and then having them go out and go try and yeah. ratchet it up when the tournament gets here? Yeah. You know, because I'm a firm believer that routine is best, and when you're in it, you kind of establish, you stay hot, you get a chance to improve, and all of a sudden, who wants to practice at this point of the season for seven straight days? Nobody does. You well, want to play games. And I told you this the story, story time with Dan, before we came on. My junior year, we had the Big 8 bye because there were only nine teams in the league at that time. There was no Verona. So we had the Big 8 bye the last week of the regular season. Then we had a first-round bye in the tournament and didn't play until the regional final. So we were off for like 16 days total, something like that. And that the we we end up playing Burlington in the regional final against Tony Romo and that is one of the games on on the the YouTube channel like if you watch the first half we're terrible we are terrible in that first half of that game um we were rusty we were lethargic we just didn't have any juice because we hadn't played in 2 weeks and you know you can only go up against your teammates so many times and right. and look let's just face it in a lot of cases the starters are a lot better than the backups and it's just not you're not getting much out of it especially at that time of the year you know you need to play so it's 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 a sticky situation and it's not a good one you know what just occurred to me and i'm sure it's not going to happen i'm i think i have an idea of which way you would lean so saturday is our last regular season girls basketball broadcast janesville parker plays against madison east we saw them up at uh at but madison college Play the first time. Wasn't pretty. Parker lost um, by a a fairly decent amount. We're going to do 
Janesville, Craig, and Beloit Memorial in the afternoon. Tip time got moved up to three, which is great. We get a Saturday night. And we weren't going to Beloit at night. No. Sorry, Beloit. That's not going to be a great game either. Nope. Craig's probably going to dominate and win by healthy margin. I have half a mind, and I don't know whether you would agree to this. I have half a mind to go to my bosses and say, I want to go cover a game that means something. I want to go watch Sun Prairie play Madison LaFollette because it would be a kick-ass game, and Sun Prairie needs to win that to win the conference. And LaFollette's good, and they have a reason to be pissed because they had to forfeit three conference games and should probably win the league right now. Nobody in the Janesville or Rock County market would absolutely care about that game whatsoever. Right. But I'd want to watch and broadcast a great basketball game. I wouldn't mind watching it. I don't know about broadcasting it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I suppose. I mean, if that's one of those things where we, we... you know, go do our Craig game and then then go watch that. I wouldn't be, but it's you know, it's one of those things where, you know, that's where I'm kind of jealous sometimes about guys that get to pick and choose and freelance around the area and just take the best games. They don't have a home game, you know, home team, mm-hmm. you know. And I I have nothing against Colin Craig or Parker games. I love it. I you know, I'm a Janesville guy. I went to Craig, and you know, my 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 other family side of my family went to Parker. That's great. I love calling Janesville games. Part of me, though, wants to call a really kick-ass game on a regular basis. Well, you know that's what I mean? tough to do in high school. There's not that many. I know. Until you're going out to different schools all around the county, and by then, like, how often do you see them? Not much. You don't really learn a whole lot. You well, know and I usually mean? in most leagues, there's only about two or three really good teams yeah. anyway. No, but that's why you bounce. They, I mean, they're doing... Capital Conference, they're doing Badger Conference, mm-hmm. they're doing Big A, they're doing all that stuff. So we can wrap it up. But that was just one of the things that kind of occurred to me. It's like, that game's to wrap up the regular season. I bet it's going to be awesome. Could be, yeah. You know, I mean, I think LaFollette's probably pissed. Where is it? I think it's at LaFollette. because oh, that's too bad. Because when we watched the Sun Perry on YouTube, that's when LaFollette beat him by lobbing it in on that little curl play into the lane, and they scored oh, yeah. at, at the last second to beat him. Because if it was at Sun Prairie, I might watch it on YouTube, but well, I, don't, yeah. I don't think LaFollette has YouTube. No. No. They, no, they do not. So, All right, that will uh, I think that'll do a good uh, version of the intentional foul for today. So playoff time's coming, and the end of the season is coming, and that means more... Some rest for the weary, as we are at usually this point. So last I checked, Marquette was up by 10 or 12 points on, on Georgetown. So, All right. Uh, I don't know. This is this is going to get a little bit thinner as we move on if there's no baseball. Yeah, we'll see what happens. Just, I mean, if it means maybe we'll have to talk a little more draft, even if it makes my brain melt. But <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, we, you know, and like we've said, we can always talk about some high school stuff yeah. and Oh, one thing. Did you see that the hole-in-one thing with the golf? Yes. Do we need to talk about that? Well, I just... All right, hold on. Stop the show. Go ahead. I just... Okay. I don't get it. Like, why are they throwing, like, full beer cans at the golfers? Because everybody's drunk. Like, I, well, yeah, but, like, why are they throwing the beer... Like, I, I understand, I, I don't like, know that... spraying it. Like, they were throwing that shit out onto the green. I don't and, think like... they were purposely aiming for the golfer. Well, no, but... But Ortiz got hit in the head. Yeah. Yes. And that's not the only time that they did that during the tournament. We're talking about the Waste Management Phoenix Open, which you haven't seen, 16. But I, I think it was also in on some other holes. I don't know if it was just a 16. It's only the fourth hole-in-one there. It was They had two this week. Yes. And then Tiger had one in 97. 
and the next day Stricker had one. Oh. So this this throwing of the cup thing, like, that's always been a crazy hole, and everybody's, you know, people have sprayed beer and shit. Well, they build that yeah. around there. Right. Like, it, like That's, the, that's it, the crazy hole. If anybody plays there in the offseason, that stuff isn't there. Right. Like, they purposely want that environment to build the insanity. But I've never seen anything like that. I mean, I'm all for fun. I think golf needs more fun stuff in it, but well, that, that seemed week. a little much. I don't know. Yeah, because then on the next hole, I think he had an eagle, and they started to do it again. Well, and then there was the guy you showed me that took his shirt off, and like then they started coming out, and the announcers were losing their minds. Like, what is happening? Here? I don't know, but I mean it. <laughs> it just seems like it's a giant frat party there. I mean, listen, if I get a hole in one, I'm taking my shirt off. I might even take my pants off. So get out of the fair way, because little Dan is coming. <laughs> Oh my God! Oh, that's that's okay. Cause little, all right. <laughs> yeah, he's coming, boy. That's a good he's place. Coming. That's a great place to end that. So find um, a gopher hole. Wow. Okay. Um, Pat Campbell. I'd be interested in hearing where he was, what holes he was on, because he went down there for the mm-hmm. for the tournament. He's He's taken, I think, the whole week off. I don't know if he's going to come back tomorrow or Friday, but I would be curious to see his thoughts because Pat seems like he might be a little bit of a golf snob. So I'm, I, I don't think he would participate in, no. in in all the buffoonery that's happening down there. Um, so I'd be curious to see see what he thinks. But no, that's that 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 was a good thing to yeah. bring up. So, all right, that'll do it for this edition. Thank you for listening, uh, downloading. Please subscribe, and as always, spread the word. We would appreciate it if you tell somebody about us and say, hey, give these guys a listen. Uh, We would appreciate it. So uh, thank you very much. And until next week, I'm Josh. I'm Dan. And that's Euchre the dog who spotted a neighbor, I'm sure, walking just outside Dan's house. Until next time, we will talk to you later. Go Bucks in baseball. Get your shit together.